If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, May 22nd, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one, a.k.a. the New York Times quoted at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. How was your weekend, Greg? It was fantastic. Yeah, me too. The neighbors put in a pool. Oh, wow. So we got invited over for the first barbecue splash. over there. A little splish splash. Benny had a ball. Got Good. to show off his impressive swim moves. Of Love course, that. This kid's been going to swim classes since he's like month three. I don't understand swimming these days. But he's out there and he's kicking. He's doing his thing, having a great time. Yeah. Uh, we went to the beach yesterday for a picnic. Uh, a lot, Jen a lot plan. of splish splash. Yeah. yeah, it was cold, though. It was a cold. Mm. Typical SF. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it was just like, yeah. It was a chilly one. But Ben had fun. Cole had fun running around being a dog. There was something in the morning nap window that was also big, but it's, I'm already forgetting it because it was so involved. Much. What, why, why was your weekend so good? Oh, just, I mean, there's one reason. Zelda, baby. Are you kidding me? Uh, here's what I want you to know about mm. Zelda. I've moved on to other games for redacted reviews. Mm-hmm. And it's the, like, there was a, I sat down at one point to play the other game and something was happening and it didn't want to work. And I was like, you know what? Nobody does start playing Zelda. You know what I mean? Usually Jen's like, Hey, can you you can you want to hang out in bed? I'm gonna read. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Tears Tears of the Kingdom. Do you want to come? Uh, you know, next to me. And usually I'd be like, God, oh, no, I gotta go downstairs and work on a review. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll come up. I'll do some Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, in bed, just you know? a little bit. Just a, little just a shrine or two. Just a shrine or two. See what up. pulls just, you. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna go north. Yeah. See what happens. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm still there doing that. Uh, it's a it's a problem to the point that shout out to the one the only IGN.com where I started to listen to their NVC spinoff six-episode series they're doing here all about Tears of the Kingdom. I was listening to that on the way in today, hearing about side quests from Cat Bailey, Brian Altano, and the gang. Fun times. Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of side quests. Great. It's weird because often on, uh, on different podcasts, we, we do the, the thought experiments of if you could go back in time and experience a video game for the very first time that you love, like what are those games that you would yeah. go back to? Of like, I just wish I could like completely erase my memory of this and experience yeah. it again. It's weird to be experiencing one of those games and you're, for the you know first it. time. And you I know, know it. You're living it. That is the incredible thing about it. One it's of the so special, man. About Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I just like, I, the more I play, the more I'm just like, wow. There's so much here that just feels special. Like, there's very few words, special magic. They keep coming up because, like, just the sense of wonder that I get across every, every field, around every corner. It's yeah. just... It is so massive and yet still feels manageable. And like in every moment, I'm kind of being rewarded in that way. Oh, man, this one's going to be it's going to be a tough one to dethrone, Greg. It will be a tough one to dethrone. And we're going to talk about that today because, of course, Final Fantasy 16 previews are in. They're glowing. Tim's played it. But can it beat Tears of the Kingdom for Game of the Year? Ubisoft Star Wars uh, game might be coming sooner than you think, and so much more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show by writing in for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD with your questions, comments, concerns, squad up, and so much more all about the day's news in the video game world. Then tune in to watch us live. You can watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live just like Mackie, Maserati, Omega Buster, and Forever Ender are, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening on podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, if you enjoy this episode, if you have a good time, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. On patreon.com slash kindoffunny, of course, you can get each and every episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily ad-free. You can get a bevy of bonus episodes of shows like Greg Way, Kind of Feudy, and Next Gen Podcast all there. And of course, there's exclusive merch and all sorts of goodies. And you get to support us and keep the mics and lights on. If you want to go one extra step, 
Epic Game Store. Use the creator code kind of funny when you're checking out there or when you're playing Fortnite, Rocket League, or etc. on your Xbox, PlayStation, or Switch. Housekeeping for you, a new kind of funny games cast is up right now. We've gotten to play six hours of Final Fantasy 16. You can check out that preview on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or podcast services around the globe as games cast. We'll be talking about it here in a little bit. Uh, this week's X cast is Mike sitting down with the one, the only IGN's Ryan McCaffrey to talk about all things Xbox and look back on 10 years since the Xbox One console announcement. Write into kindoffunny.com slash Xbox with your thoughts on TV, 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 and favorite Xbox One moments. You left out the Call of Duty. TV, 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 Call of Duty, Call of Duty, TV, TV, TV. Uh, of course, only on YouTube and the live stream. There's going to be a 30-minute post show here where Snowbike Mike comes in to talk to us, your Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts, about your YouTube Super Chat questions. Stay tuned after today's handshake to hang out with us and be, get ready for the next Kind of Funny stream. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by Rocket Money and RTX. We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Nine items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. It's a lot. A lot of items, Greg. It is a lot. Ever closer to the baker's dozen. Number one. Final Fantasy 16 preview roundup. That's right. The embargo has lifted. People have played it. And let's jump right into Jordan Midler of VGC. Jordan Midler going to be in town this week again. Ooh, Coming through on Friday to say. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 already feels like it could be one of the best games in the series. Jordan writes, Final Fantasy 16 takes place in Valithia. 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 Is that how they pronounce it in the, in the game? You play the game. Yeah. Everyone says it's Valisthea is what I'm saying. A vast world separated into several nations. These nations each wrestle with power, not through traditional campaigns of war, but via their dominance. Humans who possess the power of the Icon, Icon. Icon which are colossal nation-destroying monsters. While the astonishing titans fight fights will be the last... Well, let me try again. While the astonishing titan fights will be the thing that's used in trailers, it's combat against even the most basic enemy that makes Final Fantasy 16 absolutely sing. Fast-paced, phonetic, but utterly readable, it's almost Devil May Cry-like. It's a combat system that is so fun that when the final game is released, you'll find yourself picking up even the most random of side quests just to go and pick a fight at the end of it. Final Fantasy 16 has the potential to stake a claim as a defining RPG of the early generation, a reestablishment of Final Fantasy in the consciousness that it hasn't had in, as prominently in recent years. We'd have happily sat playing the game's combat demo for hours. Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer wrote, Beyond the bombastic and exciting icon battles, the lush sun-dappled forests, and the spark of combat, uh, and the spark of combat, Final Fantasy 16 is a character-driven affair, and it's the performances of the lead characters that truly impress. There's such warmth and chemistry between them, and it's clear that storytelling has been a real point of focus for Yoshida and team. Uh, for all its jaw-dropping sense of scale that puts the likes of God of War to shame, the tiny nuances of facial expression stood out to me. The squish of noses as two characters kiss, hot. The subtle furrow of a brow. The shine of a rolling tear or a juicy chomp into an apple. And while the world of Valisthea is grim, it's lightened by humor. Quote, someone got the hump, quipped Sid during one battle in a thick Yorkshire accent that made me chuckle. Uh, these aren't just characters, but relatable humans with depth, feelings, and toward relationships. Puppy Torgal is also adorable. Shout out my boy Torgal. Timothy, mm -hmm. you went and played this with Andy with Blessing mm -hmm. for six hours. No, no Blessing. No Blessing, just yeah. Andy. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Bless got Tears of the Kingdom. Right. So he couldn't. But he was supposed to go. Right? He was, he was supposed to. Concern, yeah. Because we were all super hyped on this one. Yeah. They were like, hey, like, we'll send one of you. And we're like, can you send three of us? Because we need to play this game. Mm -hmm. And we did, Greg, for six hours. One of the lengthiest demos I have ever been a part of. Um, they let us play a bit of story. So maybe like a the, the first two hours of the game from the opening. Okay. And then they jumped us forward. And we played about two hours of this combat demo, which was the same demo that Michael Hyam and everyone played back in January. Um, when people got their first hands on with this game. And then we got pretty much unlimited time, but we only played for maybe like 45 to an hour and a half, somewhere in there, of open world stuff, of just run around, see what the, the open world's going to be like in this game. Um, I absolutely loved this. I can't believe how much it 
hit my expectations for it, how hyped I was playing it, um, playing six hours of a game that I know I'm going to have to restart and play that same six hours yeah. in a month. Not the most exciting thing. I'm so excited for it, though. It is so fun. It's so engaging. It's also the type of thing. There's a lot of complicated names. There's a lot of places, a lot of characters. So I feel like being able to play it again, reinforcing it a bit is going to help a lot because it is very Game of Thrones-esque. You're going to hear Game of Thrones. You're going to hear God of War. You're going to hear Devil May Cry a lot uh, when it comes to Final Fantasy 16. And guess what? Those are all things that I love very dearly. Um, so it's coming together to be something really damn special. In 2007, I watched Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the movie that they put out. How, lest we forget. And it was one of the coolest things in the world to me at the time. The, the fight scenes, the, like, the action, just how like heightened it all was really was like, oh my God, I wish that one day we get a Final Fantasy that, that looks like this, that actually plays like this. Because mm -hmm. back then, we're still dealing with the turn-based era, right? For sure. As we've gotten a little bit more active over the years, and Final Fantasy VII Remake blowing my mind, and I love that game. Uh, it looked like Advent Children, but it didn't play like full-on action. It was a, a step towards it, but it wasn't full there. We're there. We are in Advent Children fights, and especially when you add on the icons, the, the summons in this game, the sense of scale, it is just epic as hell. The thing I love most about it is the production value of the look, the music, the voice acting, the writing. All of it is so top tier, and I, it works together. It feels so synergistic in a way that the that this feels like a triple a video game and he was saying so he had some performance issues and things like that of course he did. i didn't notice uh, too much of that uh didn't get in, in my way uh, there are things that i wasn't thrilled with uh in terms of gameplay like some of the the icon battles they're all unique um so they all have different type of gameplay styles and, oh so you're never like in a rhythm with them you're like learning on the fly or something? yeah which is cool i because I, I feel like they're they're more like set piece events uh as opposed to challenges um, or anything so, like that yeah exactly it's, it's look cool and make you feel cool and they do but some of them just gameplay wise is is kind of boring and it kind of feels like oh man like you really should have done more with this like sure one in particular is kind of like a uh star fox style on rails shooter okay. but it doesn't feel like star fox it Got feels good. very kind of like like I could just be doing anything right now. It feels more like I'm watching a cutscene that pretending I'm interacting as opposed to actually gotcha, interacting. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but besides that, getting to the the combat itself, like I, I totally agree with what's being said in the the other previews of like it, every battle's fun. Like it is so so actiony. It's so much faster even than like a God of War. Um, and I I feel like it's a, a nice balance though of taking the more fast paced switch up your movesets um, that Devil May Cry is known for. Um, and applying that to kind of like the lore and interconnectedness of different characters and and, and um, kingdoms and all that stuff that Final Fantasy is known for. And I just think that it, they're doing a really good job so far. And that it adds that kind of M-rated. This is the first time it's getting an M-rating in a core Final Fantasy game. And you feel it. Yeah. It's a violent game. Right? Yeah. It, they, they swear a lot and it feels earned. It doesn't feel like we're saying fuck just for fuck's sake. Sure. But uh, when they do swear... It builds the characters and it, it it grounds it in a way that I'm like, oh my god, the, I, you actually feel angry at them, or you feel like you're trying to you're trying to do something, Greg. You're trying sexy to do something time? Sex. sexy time yeah. in this game. Yeah, um, I was surprised at how sexy things got so soon, but uh, yeah, man, this well, that's this the is whole a big thing. One. Since the long, the announcement, right? They've talked or not? They haven't, but the way it's been phrased in the common nomenclature of us talking about it in the world talking about it has been Game of Thrones. Like they're trying to make a Game of Thrones kind of Final Fantasy. Did that seem to resonate? Do you I mean, think? times a thousand. Yeah. It is. Like, there's, there's no question. Like, Here. you boot this thing up, and 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 real quick, like, the, to the little things, two things that I loved about Please. it that are smaller little details. The map has this beautiful, like, tilt shift to it, and it feels important. And they, I feel like them treating the map importantly reminds me of Game of Thrones, of having that intro. Sure. And sure. You getting used to, oh, this is where this is in relation to each other, and this place means this, and this place means that. Yeah. They're trying to build that. still early to see if it's going to, sure. like, nail the landing on it, but... With this video game, with how long it feels like it's going to be, how how much time I feel like they're going to have a spend in these different locations, I, I do think that that's going to to come across. But the cooler thing is, you know, the Amazon Prime X-ray mode, yeah, where it's like you're watching a movie yep. or a TV show, you can pull up a menu and it says exactly like who the actors are, what their characters are. Like sometimes there's like even like catch up of like, hey, a couple episodes this happened. Like it it helps you understand where you're at if you don't necessarily remember. This game has that where you hit the touchpad and contextually at any moment where you're at in the story it'll let you know who you're with what oh. they were up to um their names their allegiances and it's like very it's not just like oh like codex or anything i'm like not that. just going to do a bio no it feels very kind of like natural to 
what you're doing at the time. And it, it's always answering the questions I'm asking. So gotcha. I was like, whoa, this is really damn gotcha. cool. And it's the type of thing that is, it's a simple little addition, but I think a lot of that sounds awesome, are going to start doing that. And you know, as I struggle to read fucking words off the page of where these places are and who the characters are. Like, that's helpful for me, right? Of like, it always is of me. That was one of my big turnoffs to Game of Thrones when they, in the first season, they were introducing so many different people and then people had multiple names. And I was like, I don't even know who we're talking about right now. Yeah. That's super cool. My question for you is, do you think I will like this? This has been the, fi- you know, that I have only connected with one Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's mm-hmm. the only one I've ever rolled credits on. Everything they've said about this, I am into. I am interested. When they go to the Devil May Cry Five combat, that's when I get like, like, oh, you know, I, I, yes, I do think you're gonna like it. I do. I think that when it comes to the the fantasy side of it and that Game of Thrones stuff, like that's typically not my bag. Game of Thrones yeah. is like the exception to it, as sure. opposed to like I love Game of Thrones, but it's because the the quality of it, like the the writing and the characters, and all that's kind of elevated it. So far, that seems to be the case here as well, okay. where all, all their silly names and stuff, I feel like I'm going to like be able to see past. Um, I still don't love Clive being named Clive, but I love Clive as a character. Okay. Like, I, I, I really enjoy him. Um, playing as him is super fun. Clive. Um, yeah, it, it, is, it is that. Um, but for you, I, I can't imagine you not liking this game. Like it's the production values there. It's a third person action game. Yeah, it sounds and, awesome. I want to do. And it's like it's. I, I feel like games have kind of in the same way we always talk about role playing games. Those elements have been kind of just put into everything uh, over, sure. over the years, sure. which is funny. This doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy in the traditional RPG sense. Like they're all that stuff is there, but I just feel like action games have gotten so much more like skill tree based and things like that over the years that like what is the difference what is the identity of final fantasy i think a lot of people are going to be having that conversation yeah. uh, about this game in particular um because i can i can already see people being like this is the best final fantasy ever but is it a final fantasy like that type of thing is sure. going to happen um i'm not worried about that as much as i'm worried about december slash january today. yeah Anonymous writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can. It says, good morning, KFGD hosts. Final Fantasy 16 previews are up, and they are glowing. Am I crazy to think this game could be the one to stand up to Zelda in the game of the year race? Seems like it's being poised to be one of the best Final Fantasy C's ever. Is there a chance that 2023 recreates the Zelda versus Final Fantasy discourse? <laughs> Dang. It's been a while since we've had that. <laughs> it's it's going to be complicated. Um, from my limited time with this game, when I, when I walked away from it, I was like, "This, I can see this being my game of the year. Hot damn, I hadn't damn. played Zelda yet. Ah, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I'm playing Zelda. It's like, I, I, I started this show saying that I feel like I'm, I'm playing through a game that in the future I'm going to wish I'm, I could sure. erase my memory for. I don't know if Final Fantasy 16 is going to be that. Okay. But I also don't think it needs to be. I, I think sure. that it's going to be in the conversation. I expect it to be in the conversation. Um, I expect it to be very high in the conversation. I do think this is going to potentially win a lot of outlets game of the year. The ones that want to be but different. that's the thing. I do think that Zelda, like everybody's looking for something else when it comes to, to game of the year. And, you know, for every person that loves Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom style Zelda, there's somebody that's going to tell you how much they think it's a 7 out of 10. So I think that that is going to kind of be... Be seen in a way that like Elden Ring and God of War last year, we didn't see that with. Sure. Right? Like like the people that were rocking for Elden Ring like had something to fucking prove and they had the winner. They had yeah. the golden goose. So it's like, yo, this is it, right? Whereas here, Final Fantasy, I think, unfortunately, also has a lot of those those hurdles to be able to overcome where there are gonna be a lot of people that are like, eh, I don't traditionally like Final Fantasies. I don't like fantasy. I don't like this. I don't like there's gonna be a lot of elements about that could make it this that I think yeah. And on top of that, I I think that it's such a big ambitious project that like the the performance stuff, like it if this game doesn't run fluidly and perfectly like a Devil May Cry action style game should, yeah, it's gonna get dinged. And I think that that's it, it could potentially uh, warp the conversation to uh, towards the negative um it, like and again we're talking now i'm talking about the high end of things where it's like what's going to hold us back from potentially being the best final fantasy which if it is it'd be a 10 right yeah and i think that those th- there's a lot it's a, a tall order for it to do that but i think it's on the way to potentially be in that conversation i just don't think that zelda's gonna win more game of the years than final fantasy 16 if i had to guess that's where i'm at i do think final fantasy 16 is gonna win some i at this point i'm gonna be surprised if it's not my number two at the end of the year. What about Spider-Man? Oh, fuck, you're right. I don't know, man. This is a great year. <laughs> this is incredible. Like, we're we're thriving right now when it comes to entertainment. Like, how did last night I watch the penultimate episode of Succession and play Zelda? 
<laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. It's just you're living your best life. Right it's there. so good out. Not the same time. I'm not a fucking monster. Thank you. I, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna call yeah. you out on it. I wasn't gonna call you on yeah. it. And then Michael Howard, you're coming on to talk about Planet Lana in like three or four stories, right? Lana. But what I need to know from you right now is based on your beta play. Do you think Diablo Four is in the game of the year conversation? Mike says, heck yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. What a fucking year to be alive. Great year, man. What a year to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Number two, let's stick with some Final Fantasy news for you. Uh, Square Enix has discussed ditching numbered Final Fantasy titles. This is Tom Ivan of EGC. Square Enix has discussed the possibility of dropping numbers from Final Fantasy game titles, according to the producer of the latest series entry. In an interview with GQ, remember they just did top 100 games? Oh, yeah, they did. We didn't answer the email. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 producer uh, Nako, no, I'm not, uh, Naoki Yoshida uh, suggests using numbers in mainline series entries could be off-putting for new players who might think they need to have played the previous games to enjoy the latest one. Quote, a lot of players are going to come in and they're going to look at it like a comic book. We have to read from the beginning to know what's going on now, he said. It's hard for marketing because every number title that we release in the series, we have to go into it like... It's okay if you it's okay if you don't have played the rest of them. Uh, Yoshida was asked if Square Enix uh, could stop releasing number series entries for good. Quote, that's actually something that I've discussed with the higher ups, he said, or replied. Uh, maybe it's about time we remove the numbers from the title. For example, you have Final Fantasy 14. You get a new player coming in and it's like, wait a minute, why do I have to play Final Fantasy 14 if 16 is out? Why don't you just call it Final Fantasy Online and just get rid of the number altogether? And that'll make it easier to understand. Whether Final Fantasy 17 or Final Fantasy 18 should have a number or not, that's going to be on whoever has to develop, yeah, whoever has to develop that game and whoever's in charge of the branding. So that's their problem, not ours! Exclamation point and yeah. quote. Love it. I'll believe it when I see it, but also. Do you think it's time? I, no, not necessarily. I think that the like numbered Final Fantasies mean something different than the subtitled ones, and so for anybody that doesn't understand. Like and the things they have to play all that haven't played before, there's people that's played them all that'd be like, eh, if you subtitle it, it feels lesser than. And I don't think that that's the type of marketing you could shake. It's Too a fascinating big. one, right? Because I think, you know, we've talked at length on different shows about, you know, you put a two on your game, it'll sell better than one, which is a bit of causation, correlation, yada, yada, yada. Because, of course, Last of Us 2 is going to sell better than Last of Us 1 because there's more audience, there's more mm-hmm. PlayStations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But with Final Fantasy and the numbers... Yeah, sure, there can be that, but then I think there's something that speaks to the prestige of it. Where if you are a new gamer, you've entered into this, you're, you've just got into video games and you're in your teens, you're transitioning over from a Fortnite or a Roblox and you hear about this, and you're like, oh, but I haven't played the others. You'd eventually see the art. I mean, information is available at everyone's fingertips nowadays, right? Where I think you'd get, oh, that trailer's cool. Oh, there's 14 or 16. Do I need to? Oh, you'd find the article that says, no, you don't. This is the thing, yada, yada, yada. And then I think it speaks to the like, wow. This has been going for so long. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I feel like it's kind of crossed through the looking glass where it's not about, okay, cool. I need to have played 14 different versions to enjoy this one. It is, oh no, like this thing's been around since my dad started playing video yeah. games, right? I mean, you can tell if somebody's played Final Fantasy or not based on if they understand Roman numerals. Good point. You know? Yeah. I feel the, like they're still teaching kids. They are. They're still teaching kids right there. This, I mean, that's how I learned. Like no, no shit. So I don't know. I, I feel like Final Fantasy 17 and 18 are going to be. They're going to be Roman numerals. I mean, you're yeah. going to get to 20, right? You're so you're that close to 20, and you're not going to just get to the end zone there and then go from there. Yeah, uh, I do think we're going to get a ton of games in between. Uh, oh, of course, as expected. But like, I I think we're going to get a Final Fantasy 16 too. Like, I think that they're going to try to turn this into a, a bigger thing. I, if See, and that's what this it gets performs weird and the sucky. way I think it will. That's what it gets weird and sucky. I hate that. Yeah, that um, I don't like. I didn't like the Lightning Saga, Final Fantasy, whatever. Twelve was it? Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, thir- three parts, whatever. I was like, all right. Go well, that's because you're uncultured swine, Greg. But I never okay. denied it. You know, like professional wrestling <laughs> speaks for itself. Come on, now. You know what I mean? I was at that pool party the other day, and like I was saying with the neighbors' kids or whatever, and they have a seven-year-old daughter, I think eight-year-old daughter. Uh, and we were hanging out, and the parents were like, oh, and you know, Jen says you have a show on Peacock. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do, whatever. And like, the, everyone's like, oh, you got a show on Peacock? And I was like, yeah, and the little girl's like, what's it about? I'm like, oh, professional wrestling? And she went, man. Like, do you like video games? She's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. We're, all right. we're, we're still, still cool then. We're still friends. We don't got Don't beef worry about yet. it. This is awesome. Number one show on Peacock. Everybody go enjoy it now. Uh, number three on the Roper Report. That Ubisoft Star Wars open world game, it may be coming sooner than you think, said Ethan Gotch over at Kotaku. Star Wars takes place in a galaxy far, far away. 
but Ubisoft's first video game adaptation of the beloved sci-fi franchise could be just around the corner. Kotaku has learned that the French publisher's open-world game is currently targeting a projected release date in early 2024 as the company hmm. scrambles for a major win after a year of delays and projects trapped in development hell. The Assassin's Creed maker announced its largest operating loss in history on May 16th, but promised investors a healthy slate of big upcoming releases for the upcoming fiscal year, which runs through March 2024. In addition to the release of Assassin's Creed Mirage, Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora, and the parentally missing in action pirate blockbuster Skull and Bones, Ubisoft said, quote, another large game, end quote, would also release within the next 12 months. According to sources familiar with the company's plans, who wish to remain anonymous because they were not authorized to speak to the press, that additional game is Ubisoft's open-world Star Wars game. First revealed back in early 2021, Project Helix, as it's known internally, is being developed with Massive at a lead studio. Best known for the Division 1 and Division 2 military looter shooters, creative director Julian Arboy said at the time uh, that the Star Wars game would be a big departure from the series and quote-unquote totally different from the sorts of games Massive had worked on in the past. Two sources tell Kotaku that development on Project Helix, which seems likely to include some form of interplanetary space travel, hasn't been progressing well. Oh, fuck, goddammit. And hopes that, <laughs> hopes, fuck, goddammit, hopes are high internally that the game could be Ubisoft's first non-Assassin's Creed blockbuster hit in some time. Hasn't. Yeah, it hasn't been progressing well. God damn it. But they also say the company's goal to release the game within the current fiscal year is probably too ambitious. They still expect to ultimately they still expect it to ultimately slip to sometime in the following fiscal year, which runs from April 2024 through March 2025. Quote, we don't comment on rumors and speculation, a spokesperson for Ubisoft said when asked for comment. I don't think we've ever read a news story. That headline, beginning, and end are so different from each other. <laughs> like, the headline of this is really Ubisoft Open World Star Wars game maybe sooner than you think. And then it's like, but it also probably won't be. <laughs> like, cool. And also, it's not looking good, y'all. It sounds like it might be. It's not looking it, good. I felt like we were building up to yeah. it, right? I mean, it, was gonna, it sounds like it's doing really well. That was a left to, uh, turn, man. <laughs> which seems likely. Okay, yeah, it hasn't been progressing well. God damn it. And hopes are high. Well, oh, fuck, why are the hopes high if it's not progressing yeah, well? It's <laughs> a little weird. It's all very weird. You know what else is weird, Greg? The fact that Ubisoft is doing a Summer Games Fest adjacent event live in Los Angeles. They're, they're returning to the stage performance press conference. COVID's over. This year. Yeah. Ubisoft. Yeah. After they they really they need that Just Dance performance, Tim. Yeah. I, I, it's just that to me. I'm like, I, I'm so interested. June 11th, I think it is. Yeah. Like, so we're going to get... After. We're about to get PlayStation Showcase next week. Then this gonna, week, brother. Oh, shit. Wednesday, motherfucker, live. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We're getting that, and we're, we expect everything the world. from that. We right? expect the world. Then we're going to get Summer Game Fest. Jeff's out there hyping that up as he does. We'll get to that in a second. Jeff's, Jeff's been tweeting up a storm. Then we get... Uh, the, the Xbox event, which, hey, one of the big dogs, always excited to see Starfield what's going on Direct. there. The Starfield Direct, uh, directly following that. With all of that, then we get Ubisoft, which is the only, oh, no, I actually, you know what? I was going to say, it's the only oh, no. live in-person one. It's not. Oh. Summer Game Fest for the first time ever. YouTube Theater. It, yeah, they're doing it live. In the shadow so, okay. of SoFi Stadium. But, like, I'm just, I'm really interested in what they're going to show. Like, we can kind of put some things together. They do have games to talk about because they haven't really released much <laughs> In the last year, seeing how they haven't put anything out, they, they, yeah, they and like it. I mean, we'll talk about Skull and Bones again, but uh, but with Avatar and with um, all this Assassin's Creed stuff that just needs clarification at this point, this feels like the place they would do it. So I understand why they're doing the showcase, but they are one of the first ones to, when COVID happened, break out and be like, "Fuck it, we'll do it ourselves." And they did Ubisoft forward, right? Nintendo Direct years ago set that model, but then Ubisoft, I think, was like the kind of big shift of like, "Hey, we're doing this alone." Um, and where we're at now, I'm just, I'm very interested in what this is going to end up. And I wonder what that means and, and the, the whys to it all. Because um, it seems ill-advised from my perspective. To do it live? Yeah. To do the thing? Mm-hmm. But you figure they have all these great games, theoretically. Do they? They have all these exciting games, theoretically. They don't care that Star Wars, and again, reportedly behind the scenes, not authorized talk. It isn't coming together great yet. They don't care. You throw up a little look at gameplay in a vertical yeah. slice or whatever, awesome. You throw up some new Assassin's Creed stuff and put the... It, we need a real re release date for Mirage, right? Barrett, are, where are we at? 
in the Mirage world anymore. I forget. Uh, it got delayed, yeah. but I forget if it was a public date that got delayed or if it was an internal I day. I don't think there was ever a public date, but I Great. think we got reportings of like an internal delay. You fucking do that. You do. You fucking toss out uh, Pandora shit. Let us see that game. Some explain what the fuck's going on there. Just Dance, of course. You're gonna fucking. Are you gonna come in? Are you gonna do the un unthinkable? Are you going to do the unthinkable and come out and talk about some of these Ubisoft games at all? Skull and Bones release date again? Are we, are we going to get another look at Beyond Good and Evil 2? You know that what I mean? Hey, uh, holy shit, everybody. What do I see on the horizon? It's the Prince of Persia remake. <laughs> it's back from the dead again as well. You know what I mean? Like There are titles and there are IP and there are trailers to drop and gameplay demos to show. How soon any of those are ready? I just, what you show about Assassin's Creed, Red and Jade hexy. and... Hexy and all these fucking yeah. goddamn Assassin's Creed. Infinity? Whatever fucking happened to that thing? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of clarification needed, but that doesn't seem like fun stuff necessarily. That doesn't seem like... You put a hot trailer on all of it. Yeah, but like... So I'm just comparing what a Ubisoft forward has been. And yeah. hey, this could be a new thing. And I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping this is awesome. I hope that this, is, this justifies every, every complaint that I potentially am having here. But you look back to when E3 was E3, everyone going in the same week, having their press conferences, announcing all their games and stuff. Ubisoft had a lot, right? You watch, like, they're usually like the longest press conference. Like it'd be like two hours of them. And they're talking about movies. They're talking about different projects. They're talking about VR. They're talking about mobile. They're talking about every IP that they freaking have, which is so damn many things. Mm -hmm. Then the forward started and that broke it out throughout the year. We're getting some announcements here, some announcements here. They've still been doing that. Here so I... <laughs> so I just feel like it's a little I, I don't expect them now to be able to bring that heat that they used to and even then bringing the heat back in the day the Ubisoft things I feel like even the best Ubisoft it was a mixture of conference yes. it was a mixture of heats you know what I mean exactly. like what what exactly were you getting where I feel I'm just saying I understand the business Tim we have right here all mm -hmm. right we have the Tim right now who's saying as a student of the game and what's actually going to come out in these fiscal years, you're worrying about it. You, you need to let that man go for a second okay. and let the Tim of hype come back. Oh, okay. And if it is just Assassin's Creed trailer, Skull and Bones release date, Pandora tomorrow trailer and release date or whatever the hell that is. You know what I mean? Like, not Pandora tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's fucking nerd-ass nerd shit. You know what I mean? Nobody cares about it. But you see what I'm saying? A Star Wars game from the Division people, let alone Heartland, well, you know, the updates to the Division. The Division just did their whole thing and they got the new season coming out for Division 2, which I'm super stoked about. Mike, we're back in. Don't forget. And then, of course, you got like Heartland there. You got the mobile game. Like, I feel like there's enough IP that if you are going to come in and tune in and not be thinking about all the fiscal stuff and the bad stuff and the delays that we've had up until this point. You have a strong lineup of trailers and I just don't I don't know, man. Like everything you just say, I feel like you're not convincing me. Like the, the things you're using. Because you're hater ass hater. But these are every single game you're talking about, we have now seen. Some PlayStation did it for years. Times. PlayStation did it for years. I know, but those were PlayStation Studios games. Yep. Those those weren't skull and bones. Yeah, Skull and Bones isn't a good example, I know. But like, but I mean, I know Skull and Bones is like the worst example of it. But it's like the Avatar thing. It's, it's like, time to just I'm, say I'm here's the new Splinter Cell. Is. It's time to say here's the new Splinter Cell. But I mean, they already did, right? Bing. Splinter Cell remake. They announced Bing. that. Like, so the hype moments they've used a couple of them. Uh, if we're just but literally no one remembers about, them. No one. Remembers we all do. Splinter Cell remake. Yeah. No one remembers. Yeah. That. They get stoked if they saw gameplay from the Splinter Cell remake. I don't know, man. I'm I. I want to see a new identity for Ubisoft, and I feel like it's it's only game. You definitely, yo, yeah, you're not going to get the new identity at this Ubisoft forward, I don't think, sadly. Yeah. I think you'll see that probably when somebody hostile takes over or somebody buys the brand. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. This, I, it's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird. You die the hero, live long enough to become the villain. Ubisoft, you know, when they were on the ropes, Vivendi coming for them, they were the hero. They did mm -hmm. all these things. They mm -hmm. made all these changes, and now here we are. And everybody's like, I don't know about this slate. They keep delaying everything. But Barrett, play my thief song. Here comes the money. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games Daily segment. Wasting your money with Greg. Uh, you might remember, ladies and gentlemen, years ago now, I did a story. You should turn it off or to get claimed. We did a story here on uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily that GameStop was about to get delisted. Remember this? And it was oh, yeah. like, oh, down to 30 cents. And I was like, I don't know if I, if I were you, because I, I won't buy stocks since I cover the news and review video games. I would buy this stock because I think it'll go up. And then what happened? There was a lot of trickery, you know, uh, Tom Fool Rudy there with the Reddit and stuff. But it went up and some kid was eventually like, you would have made $3 million if you took Greg's advice and you put 50 cents in this. Those stats don't, can't buy. What? The Assassin's Creed maker announced its largest operating loss in history on May 16th. These, these motherfuckers are going to be desperate. And I'll tell you right now, I don't know what the stock's at. You buy it right now and you wait till after Ubisoft Forward. <laughs> 
you'll be making the money right there. I, don't take this as actually. I don't actually know how to do stuff. <laughs> I don't yeah. do it. But I do yeah. think that, like, I do think wherever they are now, they, they're going to go up at least a little bit. Not like, you know, a million. Yeah. Thank you for this. I, you know, you know what, Greg, this is where I'm at. I am not sure I would make that bet. What's I think at the song? end of the day, the stock will go up. Stock. Yeah. But I don't think it's a slam dunk guarantee. Oh, it's 532 right now. $5.32 right now. Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, it's way down. <laughs> man, it, May 27th, 2022, it was above 10 bucks. I mean, of course, they didn't have, they haven't put out games. Yeah. So it's like, let's That's my thing is I feel like we're floor. on the, I, you know, this is, you know, the bottom floor here. Yeah. You can, it's got to go up. I mean, but that's the thing. It only goes up if they're giving people things that they want and that those things are good. Ubisoft are the kings of showing that they can put out the same IP and if it's a good entry, people are going to show up. And if it's a bad entry, people are going to talk so much shit. And then eventually they're going to annualize it because <laughs> that's Ubisoft, sure. right? I feel like... Here's my thing is, though. Ubisoft... <laughs> I'm so talking... We should get... Is Kevin here? Kevin should come in because I have a whole bunch of stock advice I'm giving out that I don't know if it's real. Ubisoft is not going to get delisted anytime soon. Ubisoft, worst case scenario, is going to get bought by somebody. Xbox, PlayStation, Embracer Group, whatever. And that would bring the stock up. Just like my old Virgin America stock. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Bought that on a wish and a prayer or whatever, and then it was a fine, 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 and then it got bought, and it went up like three times what I bought it for. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And we had the co cool credit company credit we card, the, the Virgin America credit card. Yeah. I'm just saying, chat, give me permission. I'll buy the fucking stock right now. You know what I mean? I'll be the one making it. And then every time I talk about Ubisoft, I got it. Here comes Kevin. Kevin's going to explain this to me. Kevin, I'm giving out stock advice, but I don't really play the stocks like you do. Kevin says do it. He says this is a great idea. Come here. What's illegal? To talk about stocks with your friends? I said it's not real advice. I have a theme song in the background. It's not real. <laughs> it's not real. It's not real. There's, this is my theme song again. Welcome to Greg's Wasting Your Money with Greg segment. I'm okay, funny how are you wasting your money this time? Ubisoft stock <laughs> is down. It's oh. down to $5.32. Damn. And that's, What's the highest in the last year? In the last year, it would have been ten fifty six. Ooh. Yeah. And so they just didn't you tell people to invest last year with their money in Ubisoft? No, I said earlier this year, which I still would have. I still would have backed. I don't know when I did. Somebody can fact check me on that. Right now, the Assassin's Creed maker announces his largest operating loss in history on May sixteenth. Uh, right? Wait, real quick, Bear, can you put asterisk not financial advice at the bottom? Thank you for for liability for legal for legal reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you agree? Everyone should liquidate their homes and buy Ubisoft stock. Is this a bad investment? I feel like this is a good investment. Well, They're I mean, gonna, like, what are they going to do? Aren't they got they, a Ubisoft forward next week. Aren't they, two, constantly, no, three, four weeks. aren't they constantly in, like, danger of getting eaten up by the Which would company? do great, right? They got to pay you out then. I mean, it wouldn't do great. It would be a little bit better than what they're selling there I only, for. I only have my own personal example of Virgin America that one time. That was really... <laughs> and it went up was, a lot. Yeah, it I, did. I was, like, 20 bucks, and then I made, like, 50 bucks off it. <gasps> Thank you for the, the graphic. There bro. it is. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we get an asterisk put randomly somewhere? No, don't worry about that. Um, no. I mean, I don't know. It, like, it certainly could do better, but it also could get... Vivendi could, could buy it all for $6. Kebabs, make... you're here every day. All right? You're here every day. Well, the chat already said I could do it, too. Maybe I just buy $100 worth of it just to prove a point. Because $100 what? doesn't matter. Well, then, I, but then I, don't want, I don't like owning stock in video game companies because then I talk about video games and every time, if I ever review... I don't think anyone would think this isn't just a joke if you put $100 in. Okay. Put 10000 in, you coward. See, that's what I'm saying. Why not? I, I, you know, Jen's not watching the show. The I go into our savings. There's no way she'll ever see I go this. into our savings. Uh-huh. And, like, would she get mad? Oh, it got delisted. We lost all. Yeah, but is that going to happen? No. Even if it goes up one buck, right? You buy 100 shares, it goes up one buck. That's a $100 profit right there. Mm -hmm. You understand? I do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy $100 at some point. I probably won't remember. Next story on the Actually, you know what? Let's talk about how we make the money here. <laughs> All right. It's called patreon.com slash kind of funny. If you like our hijinks, our shenanigans, and our fun times, patreon.com. financial advice. And not financial <laughs> advice. All right? Thank you. There it is. Go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You, of course, can toss us a few bucks on a rock-solid financial investment. I'm not even looking at the right camera. <laughs> <laughs> you get the show ad free, but you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny. So here's a word from our sponsor. 
Shout out to RTX for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking to spend an amazing summer weekend in Austin, Texas, the RTX convention is the perfect excuse. RTX is a gaming, comedy, animation, and podcast festival that Rooster Teeth is throwing in Austin, Texas at the convention center from July 7th through 9th. And rumor has it, a couple kind of funny people whose names may or may not rhyme with Mo Trike Like and Loey Moel are planning to head down to party as well. RTX has so much to offer over the three days with activities like a free paranormal themed escape room, achievement hunter, mini golf, VTubing with Ruby characters, and over a dozen live shows with guests like Dungeons and Daddies and Therapy Gecko. There are also evening events each night from parties to a comedy showcase, an evening rave, and everything in between that can be found in Austin. Buying ultra and platinum badges will get you the highest perks, but there's also a solid deal right now where people that purchase weekend and daily badges get another badge for 50% off. Go to rtxaustin.com to select badges and to find additional information. Don't miss out on one of the biggest parties in Austin this summer. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think that they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions that you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money, and it can help you too. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finance in one place and automatically can help you categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time. So stop throwing your money away. You can cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. In the interest of bits, uh -huh. okay? I have purchased 19 shares of Ubisoft. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not real much. In the interest of bits, everybody, I will still call it down the line. Okay. And I will okay. not fucking disclose 19 shares for a bit on Kind of Funny Games Daily when I talk about things in the future. All right. I've done it, chat. Thank you for your permission to do this. It went, here's the thing, Mike. Yeah. Here's what's going to gnaw on my fucking thing uh -huh. is I'm right. And they're all going to see that I'm right. And when the, don't even try to block me out, all right? <laughs> and when the money comes rolling in on those $100, you know what's going to happen is I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the only one who can, I could have put more in. I could have put more in. We're done. Two words. Bed, bath, and beyond. Let's go. <laughs> Bet on it. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that you had a financial advice segment without me. How, great ways to raise, waste your money Swipe without me. Card. You and I. Run the car. We can, we can host this show right away. We're going to buy Ubisoft right now. <laughs> Just Snow Mike Mike and Greg Miller buying Ubisoft. Everything I got. Mike, you're here to talk about Planet of Lana because we have a review roundup as number four on the Roper Report. Right now, the Metacritic is at an 81. The Open Critic is at an 83. Heather Wald over at Games Radar gave it 4.5 out of 5 stars and said, Planet of Lana is a beautiful cinematic adventure full of mystery, suspense, and charm. With stunning hand-painted backdrops, an enchanting musical score, and characters you care for, the companion-based mechanics and bond between Lana and Mui? Louie. I think it's Louie. There's an M in it. I call it Louie. Louie sounds better. All right. 
right, Mui or Louie, make this one very special adventure. Marcus Stewart, a Game Informer, gave it a 7.8 out of 10 and said, While I would have liked gameplay to have more bite and variety, Planet of Lana is still an enjoyable and beautiful romp. The art direction and main jingle air... Main jingle are uh, likely the only things that will stick with me in the long run. But Lana and Mui's journey is a competent rescue mission that doesn't always soar as high as the machines pursuing them. And then Giovanni over at Digital Trends gave it a 3.5 out of 5 and said, Planet of Lana makes up for some repetitive 2D puzzling with a gorgeous art style and a good natured tone. Mike, this is one we've had our eyes on since we started seeing it in showcases Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. whatnot. How much have you played? Did you roll credits? What do you think of it? I have rolled credits. It is about a four to six hour experience, depending on if you want to get lost and get sidetracked. There is some hidden collectibles that you can grab throughout it. But I rolled credits at about four and a half hours late last night and loved my experience. On the kind of funny scale, I'm giving this a four out of five great game. As I played it, all I could think was, man, this is a freaking good video game. And this is one of those indie titles that people are going to talk about for a long time, right? It is like scratching the level of the insides and limbos, right? Where it's like, oh, this could like take over type situation. I think it misses the mark because it is a little bit shorter. You do have a little bit of the repetitive puzzles. Okay. But every time that I had it going, every puzzle that I ran into, I had a ton of fun with it. I was really blown away. I mean, the art style is what's going to pop, right? I was playing on the Steam Deck, and all I could think was, Man, oh, man, I got to get this on a massive TV ASAP, right? Like, I want to see this in the full color. I want to be wowed by all of this. And then on top of that, the music is so good. Like, I put out the tweet today. Whoever is composing this soundtrack got so deep and lost in the Duffy that you are going to want to crank your headphones up to 11 because there are moments where the cinematography of what's happening on the screen matched with the music probably rivals a Marvel and or Star Wars film. Like there are moments where you're like, oh man, they are kicking on right now. And it's just a ton of fun. It's a simple, easy side-scrolling platformer, right? You're going to have some fun puzzles that you're going to work. So, like, my question would be, like, what are the puzzles? Is it move a box and climb on the Correct. thing? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like you would expect from Inside Limbo, Last of Us, right? It's like, hey, Mui doesn't like water. So you go get a log from the other, other side. You swim with it. I appreciate you saying Just for you. I want to call it Louie, okay? I like Louie better. I like there's Louie, and Greg goes, there's an M in it. And I stop and think, I'm like, where could the M be in Louie? I'm like, that's weird. And I look down. It's M-U-I. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Just M-U-I. Yeah, it's Louie now. All you know. right. We're all making right, a new right. thing. But yeah, puzzles like that, right? Okay. Very simple. Hey, go grab the log so Mui can jump on top of it. Oh, you can't reach up to that ledge. Mui, you can control. It's going to go up there, kick down the rope. You're going to climb it up together. Okay. And there's some really fun moments where you have to start really figuring out what can you and Mui do to avoid capture from these scary, evil robots, right? And so you'll have some moments that you'll be tested of how do I maybe use this little cat as bait? Maybe sure. I need to be bait. Sure. And I think there's some fun moments. Only one puzzle really got me distracted where I was like about to put it down, and then I'm happy I didn't because I solved it, and that was like right as the final third was about to kick on, and it got really grand in scale. So I'm really blown away by this. Day one on Game Pass, uh, Thunderful Games hitting as the publisher with another great one. I believe this is Whimsical Games. I don't know the studio name that developed this, but I believe... Yeah, wishfully. I believe this is their first game as well. So these guys got a hit on their hands, and they got something special going on. Wishfully, The world that they have built is really, really good. Really quick, the uh, composer is Takeshi uh, Furukawa, who was the composer for The Last Guardian. Oh, dope. This guy got in his Duffy. Oh, yeah. Deep in his bag. And so that's your Snowbike Mike review. Four out of five. Great game. Go play it ASAP. Uh, I, I wanted why? to finish up my review because this jabroni is why, coming why, in to yeah. say something, so Nick, I'll take a moment. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your champion here uh-huh. coming at you with a very special message. First off, shout out to me for winning that belt late last Friday. How'd you, how'd you win it again? I heard about it. Jenga. Me and Mike okay. went head-to-head with Jenga, and Mike just gave up. <laughs> Mike just took a block he knew was going to be bad. He took a chance, and it did not pay off. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited that I am once again your champion. Uh, I will, of course, represent this community to the best of my abilities. Uh, and as such, I will be playing this game later oh. today, right after this. Yes, my first time, I'm very excited to play it. Will I be wearing yes, the belt and these sunglasses? Yes. Yeah. So my uh, first review of yeah. uh, Planet Lana is that this game's a little too dark. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Okay. Well, he will be playing it with a fun sponsored stream from Thunderful. So we'll be showing off that game, but it will be dope because it's one of those where it's like, I'm going to be like, Nick, don't say a word and just enjoy the moment. Take you know what I mean? Because it's going to be one of those. It won't be all He's going to have the belt ringing in his ears, right, Greg Miller? Ring a ling ding dong. Ring a ling ding dong. Mike, thanks for your hurry. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. I'll see you on for the post show. Of course, Kind of Funny Best Friends, two things before I leave. Don't forget, we will have a post show for this Kind of Funny Games Daily. You can get involved with your Twitch subs and YouTube Super Chats if you've got some questions you want to ask these two incredible show hosts with maybe gaming topics of discussion or go deeper into the news. Let us know. And then on top of that, don't forget tomorrow, Ryan McCaffrey joining me. i got to put that plug in so y'all will write in to kindoffunny.com slash Xbox, so we can have some fun X-Cast. questions of discussion. Your show is called Xcast. Did I write Xbox? You did. Oh, wonderful. I assumed, that, I assumed you had made your own URL. I can make you a URL. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Don't worry about wonderful. it. Wonderful. <laughs> I love you, Mike. Christ, this place. <laughs> we see you buy low, you sell high. That's how it works. That's a, to the moon, Greg. Number five on the Roper Report. There's a rumor. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Remake isn't a PlayStation exclusive. This is Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. Insider gaming sources have revealed that the Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Remake will not be a PlayStation exclusive, despite the rumors online. The Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Remake is arguably one of Konami's worst-kept secrets, with it being understood that the announcement will be made at the PlayStation Showcase as a teaser Parentheses, not a full gameplay trailer. Uh, the PlayStation Showcase will start at 1 p.m. Pacific on May 24th. Of course, YouTube.com slash games, Twitch.tv slash games. We'll, we'll be live all day. Live, starting at 10 a.m. Reacting to it. Yeah, we'll be on. And then, of course, after the showcase, if you want to watch it without our commentary, we are doing a PSI Love You XOXO live on those channels for everyone uh, to be your post show there. Podcast services later. Back to Tom. Insider gaming sources have revealed that Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Remake will release for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, and Steam. It's currently unclear if the PlayStation version has some sort of exclusive rights with its marketing or potential DLC. Rumors of a Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Remake have been circulating for years, but a report from VGC in October 2021 cemented its likelihood. According to VGC, the remake is being developed by Virtuous. Other rumors have suggested that a Castlevania title is also in the works, but as of yet, Insider Gaming was unable to verify if the title will show up during Summer Game Best. Tim? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Just give me Metal Gear Solid 3. Straight up. I mean, this is I. it's good if this is the 100%. case. If it ends up going everywhere, that'd be great. However, I do think that that lessens my expectations of what this game really potentially could be. Cause I think that the, the exclusivity side of it, like depending on how hard they want to go so many different ways they could go with sure. this. But I do think that PlayStation, if they wanted it to be exclusive and kind of dive deeper into kind of making it a, a more PlayStation studios backed project in some yeah, way, yeah, yeah. even if it's not PlayStation studios working on it themselves, like still like the, I mean, Blue point. I keep saying it, right? So this would make me think Blue Point's not working on this game. It is straight up virtuous, which we've been talking but a lot this about. This is in the rumor before, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that you know, virtuous being support studio, Blue Point before being a support studio, where they all at with this. I'm really excited for this week because I feel like we're about to Wait, get a lot of answers, answers uh, from the PlayStation event that will then be able to help us paint a little bit more of the future with uh, more accuracy when it comes to Konami's different projects, whether it's the confirmed Silent Hill games or the rumored Castlevania Metal Gear, sure. whatever's coming next after that. Um, it, for me, I love a lot of these games. I love Konami IP. Uh, I don't love Konami at this point. I did love Konami before, um, and I feel like I want to see them kind of partner up with the right studios for the right projects um, for all of the games I just named, and they're already starting to do that. So interested to see how this all shakes out. But yeah, to get even just a teaser at the PlayStation Showcase for this, like not surprised oh, by that. Um, but what's it going to be? I'm, I'm hoping it's less a Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII remaster type thing and more of a Resident Evil 2 type remake. Okay, sure, but sure, sure. We'll find out in just a couple of days. Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, is right around the corner. We cannot wait. Like Tim said, we'll go live at 10 a.m. for Kind of Funny Games Daily, and then we will be live the rest of the day. So pop in whenever you get the chance. Number six on the Roper Report, let's stay in the vein 
of Summer Game Fest, Brian Crescente, Brian Crescente at Epic Rides. Summer Game Fest back with big announcements, wall-to-wall news, and world premieres. Summer Game Fest 2023 will feature two hours of wall-to-wall video game news, updates, and world premieres, all streamed live around the world, and for the first time in four years, it's all happening in front of an in-studio audience. Taking place at the YouTube Theater in L.A. on June 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern, host and producer Jeff Keighley promises a memorable show. He just doesn't know what exactly will be this year's big moment. Despite serving up hours of premieres, trailers, and news about a wide swath of video games each year, traditionally, the Summer Game Fest annual outing can often be boiled down to one or two games. Easily the most memorable Summer Game Fest to date, 2020s, uh, featured more than 40 games. But what everyone remembers is that spectacular gameplay trailer for Elden Ring, which also revealed the game's release date. While last year's show may not have had its own Elden Ring moment, it did deliver a trifecta of Naughty Dog news with the remake of The Last of Us, the unveiling of a multiplayer game set in The Last of Us universe, and new new details about the HBO series based on the game. The big news for this year's show is still a mystery, even to Keeley. Quote, as I always say with these shows, one or two games, one or two games kind of makes the entire difference, he said. As the producer, it's challenging because sometimes you you because sometimes you have those games, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you think you have them and they drop out or change. While Keeley is always cautious uh, in his estimates of the show, he did say that there are currently three or four things that are going to be quote pretty big for this audience end quote i'm very excited let's go you know i'm not hearing anything that's like definitively like yo motherfuckers we got this stuff for this one um which i understand if they don't have that they don't want to say that yet um i do feel like if they had an elden ring type thing i feel like keely would be like we got it um him saying some a couple three or four things that are pretty big for this audience that's exciting i feel like that's not always the case when it comes yeah. to the 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 summer game. My hope there is he's saying that, you know, we have three or four things that are going to be pretty big for this audience means, Hey, there are three or four things that are possible to be a big deal. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? To stand out to different audiences, different subsets of the audience. I kind of read this more as, yeah, the subset, but like the, this to me reads, there's not one big thing. It's not like the one announcement that's going to change the world. Whereas it's a bit more like maybe a Hellblade or something like that. Um, What's up? Wonder woman. Uh, yeah, exactly. That type of thing of like, oh, this is actually this is a big deal game, and it's cool that it's on being showcased on this stage, um, especially the stage being live at the YouTube theater. Like, I think that there's going to be an energy here. I expect that Keeley's going to bring the heat. I always expect Keeley's going to bring the heat. I know that th- he's trying his best to make these the definitive uh, showcases when it comes oh, yeah. to video games, and I feel like there's not always wins there. I think it's always an attempt at win. You always see the energy and passion and uh, skills required to be able to pull this type of thing off. Um, and I think that the longer the, these things go on, the more and more developers and publishers are going to understand the true value of Summer Game Fest 100%. and want and then bring to the big be guns. on that stage. And yeah. then, then, then you get the big guns. Are, are we at that point yet? Or is it still going to be a next year, next year, next year type thing? It could be now. It really could when we look at how deep into the console generation we, we are at this point. And the fact that he's the only game in town. That's the thing. The E3 is dead. This is it. This is E3's gone. There's the pandemic is not directly affecting these showcases and Summer Game Fest. It's all eyes on that. This is, by all accounts, the tightest summer of video game announcements we've had in years. Yeah. yeah. And E3's dead, but it's back in, in Keeley form. So I feel like, you know, earlier I was naming off some of the, the showcases leading up to the Ubisoft one. It's like, where are you at in terms of hype for the showcases, Greg? Like All the showcases? Them. Rank them, yeah. I mean, I would probably go PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably go Keeley. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably go... Are we putting our Starfield and Xbox together? Or yeah. Separate? Oh, yeah. Then, then Xbox, Starfield. Uh, then Yubi? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that list is probably most people listening to the show. Right? Yeah. I'm usually and most people's show. For, for good reason, I think. Like, I think that it's based on proven track record for what those events are and what we expect from them. With the track record and also with where we're at right now this summer in 2023, I'm really hopeful for this this Keeley thing. At the same time, I don't. I think that the PlayStation thing they have everything set for potentially one of the best showcases we've ever seen. I don't know that I feel that way about the Keeley one yet. I think we still might be setting up the pieces, but I do think that the I'm expecting debatably the best Keeley event we've had with this one. I think the back to it. 
and what it is is I, I feel I would bet it's going to be the most solid. I think he's going to have quality game after quality game, announcement after announcement, you know, trailer, whatever it's going to be. I do then, to your point, though, it's always that hard thing of are you going to have the marquee? Are you going to have the one more thing? Are you going to have the opener and the closer? Like, is it going to sing or is it just going to be like, oh, it was a great show? You know what yeah. I mean? We're all giving it a three. We're all we're all between three and four, right? It's a high three, low four, somewhere in the yeah. honor scale. Where are we going to be? I do think, too, that like it, we're, when we give these scores and we talk about these different showcases, like there's, it's based on the expectation of what it's delivering. The way I review a Final Fan, or a, a Fast and Furious movie is very different than the way that I review uh, something uh, of more substance there because of what we expect from the movies and are they delivering those things. Same thing with the showcases where I think on the Keeley side of things, no matter what happens, there's always going to be a lot of fluff in these things. That's sure. advertising. That's where sure. the money comes from. That's what allows the pomp and circumstance of it all and also allows the interest from developers and publishers. So it's kind of like a catch-22 of like, hey, you're going to get these things, but you also have to deal with this shit. And I think because of that, there's going to be a lot of people that no matter how many one more things there are, no matter how many openers and closers, people will be like, that was a shitty showcase because there was way too much bullshit. I feel like he's been getting better about minimizing the bullshit yeah it'll never fully go away but i do think you can offset it with the big moments that people are talking about because that's what people remember these conferences for people remember playstation's 2015 for final fantasy shenmue and last guardian they don't remember it for anything else in that showcase there was a lot of other things in that showcase, yeah, of course. and they weren't all good yeah of course okay tim mm -hmm. let's motor we got three more that i need to do here but they're all pretty quick number seven uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was delayed by over a year for polish. This is Andy Robinson of VGC. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was delayed by over a year after it was all... Yeah, Jesus. Over a year after it was already mostly complete. That's according to a new interview with the series producer, Inuma, uh, in which he reportedly indicated that Nintendo decided to delay Tears back in March 2022 to an unspecified 2023 date, purely to polish the game up. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom was supposed to be released in 2022, but Anuma told the Washington Post that he had to announce its delay, quote, to make sure that everything in the game was 100% to our standards, end quote. Thank God they did. Thank God. This is the one thing, I, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, you know, Blessings talked to me a lot about it. And then even listening to NVC today, them talk about it. Just like the fact that you can just, you know, beam through the world and do all these different things and it's not broken and it's not fucked up and it's not crashing and it's not bottoming out all the time. It's insane. It's wild. The amount of like things you can do and fuse and physics you can yeah. like try to break. Like this game's like break me. Try to fucking break me. And you can't. Speaking of games that have been delayed, Greg Way, number eight, AEW Fight Forever launches next month. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN, and we have the trailer. Uh, THQ Nordic and Ukes Media Creations have announced that AEW Fight Forever, the officially licensed All Elite Wrestling game, will be available on June 29th for PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One and Series, uh, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Announced in a new trailer, the long-awaited wrestling game finally got its release date after, be after being revealed two and a half years ago. AEW wrestler and executive vice president Kenny Omega took center stage in the trailer to announce the June 29th date and that preloading pre is available now. Quote, thank you so much for your patience and being awesome fans. He added, I cannot wait. I'm hopeful, man. I hope that this game delivers. Again, I just, just talked about expectations. This game just needs to be fun like No Mercy. Yep, that is the goal. That no is what Mercy. the expectations are being set as. I hope that that is the case. And I hope that you personally love this game, Greg. Me too. I hope that it is a three out of five. You love like a five out of five. That's Let's right. go. Boom. Number nine on the Roper Report and your final one for Monday. What's Don't Not Teasing? Don't Not put up this tweet and said, message received. And then it's a little message and it's got a little cipher on the side. And that's good for them. I don't have that kind of time. That's good for them. That's great for them. I always let you know, good for you. You're teasing something. I don't even do. Barrett, scroll through the responses. Somebody had to put it in there, right? Somebody put in what the response was probably. Mission fail to all who read this. Withdraw. The sparrow flies to Jutland. Lay low. That's I'm from, happy someone did that. But yeah, Borer Bar maybe. Uh, you know, good for them. Now, can someone I was translate able to that? Decipher the first M, and that was all I could do. <laughs> I love it when you put it in there, but that's like a quick. Oh, good for you. I'm gonna keep on going. We'll yeah. see what that game's all about. We'll see what Donuts Summer up game to. Best, I imagine. Oh, good call. It yeah. does make sense. We're gonna start getting a lot of little teases of things, and like, yeah. boom, we're gonna get it. Mortal Kombat. Here's my that. thing. You te tease this here. I wonder if even this is PlayStation. Don't nod. Oh, potentially. You're so you're right on the horizon of PlayStation. I would think you wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
We'll find out on Wednesday, but Tim Wednesday so far away. It if is. I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every week. Out today, Inkbound on PC and Paranormal Hunter on PC. New dates for you. Tetris, the absolute Grandmaster 2 Plus, is coming to PS4 and Switch June 1st. Deathloop, Gears 5, Grounded in Pentiment, will be available to play for Boosteroid members beginning June 1st. Check. The fuck's Boosteroid? Uh. Anyways, Destiny 2 says uh, on Twitter, Embrace your inner warrior. Season of the Deep launches on May 23rd, 2023. And they showed off there with a PlayStation. Well, you're not looking at it, I guess. But if Barrett brings it up, even though it wasn't a link in here, it's just an image. Uh, it's a tweet with uh, uh, PlayStation-inspired uh, Destiny outfits. You got one for Kratos. Uh, you got one there for Aloy. And you got one over there for Jin from, of course, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it is pretty so. sick. If, can you just go to Destiny the Game yeah, on Twitter? It. You put it up late. Don't worry. I'll keep reading. Uh, uh, deals of the day for you. Wario 64 has that the Sonic the Hedgehog 30th anniversary statue is $393.75. You read that wrong. What did I read? It's only $393. They don't, they didn't put only in. I am. Okay. This is a fucking deal of the day, everybody. You can get this statue. Mike, swipe the card. Okay. Don't do it, Mike. Get me three of them. Fuck it. Get me 30 of them. (laughs) If I can quadruple my Ubisoft money, then we can buy this. All right. Don't worry about it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we asked people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go. TheKindOfFunny.com slash You're Wrong. It tells what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash games and listening on podcast services around the globe. Radic, our friend hey. from CD Projekt, writes in and says, You're wrong, Tim. Yes, Final Fantasy 16 isn't the first ESRB M-rated game in the franchise. The first was Final Fantasy Type-0 and Final Fantasy 16 is the first mainline, i.e. number entry in the series to be rated M. Well, I said core. Yeah, Tim said mainliner core. Radic, it breaks that. my heart to say this, but fuck off into the sun. No, but I, hey, I appreciate the, the love for, for Type Zero, man. PSP, baby, never forget. My fantasy got weird. Super weird, as it should be. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, that's the end of this inaugural for the week episode of Kind of Funny <laughs> Games Daily. Yep. Uh, tomorrow, you're going to have me and Blessing hosting. Wednesday, Blessing and me. Thursday, Blessing and Tim. Friday, Tim and Blessing. If you didn't know, and you're watching live right after this, if you're watching live, we're going to go right into the Super Chat time where we hang out with you live streamers and the YouTube uh, on-demand audience to answer some YouTube Super Chats before transitioning in to the YouTube slash Twitch live stream the Jabroni Boys are doing. They're doing Planet of Lana today. Will Nick the Champ take off his glasses? No one really knows. But remember, I have something fun I want to talk about in that little thing too, so that's some hype for everybody. Remember, this is Ben. (laughs) Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week down a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show for free. Kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. Uh, support us on Patreon with money at Patreon.com slash Kindoffunny. Get the show ad-free and have a great time. Uh, of course, you can get the show with ads and the post show and you whatever. YouTube.com slash Games. Then you can get the, just the show with ads but no post show on podcast services around the globe. And then there's a million things to do and like and click and share and love us. And we love you. But thank you for supporting us and making our dream of Kind of Funny a reality. Until next time, we got a post show to do, so it's been our pleasure to serve you.